Hey everyone, you're listening to the Unsavoury Ethnic Types podcast. We talk about food, culture and London life. Uh, these first two episodes, which we've labelled as point five, uh, were recorded during lockdown. Um, so we kind of address lockdown and, and the kind of things that happened around it. Uh, we hope you enjoy them. Don't touch that doll. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the uh, first slash point five episode of the UET, the unsavoury ethnic type. My name's Jonathan. My name's Carl. There we go, Carlos. Some might say even Carlotti, if you've been an Italian. Who else is next? Who's muting themselves and can't talk now? <laughs> My name's Janaki, aka Nak. My name's Katassi. A very hungry Katassi. Yeah, it's hungry in the corner. Girl in the corner, like it's Disney Rascal thing. This is a food and culture podcast um, that was due to release in the in the summer once we had all our episodes. But we, as we all know, we're living through unprecedented times. COVID crazy times. Mm. So we thought we would address the situation as well as all the kind of progress and protests that are associated with BLM. One of our one of our party is very low energy because despite it being a food and culture podcast about London life, they've had no food. <laughs> and they're way too cultured for this actual podcast, and that's 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 a clash that's come about now. What's I am I am I might just be hungry. Um, is that what is it? Is that what they say? When you're oh my god, hungry. I've been, been in lockdown so, for too long. <laughs> so hungry, you're so hungry with an angry word. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. the hunger is real. Yeah, it is. Cool. So. We want to kick this off. We want to talk about COVID uh, and the ensuing lockdown and kind of the the calamity that it caused uh, and also how that affected people's interactions with food. For me, at the beginning of the lockdown, yeah, you, I would go to shops and I would see people um, stockpiling. Um, I saw a gentleman come out of Tesco's with a bag for life full of, full to the brim of whole life milk. And wow. that's the thing, it's, yeah, it's the thing in your head where you're like, oh, that's smart. But also, it's a dick move um, because you're like, oh, don't. There will be enough if we don't hoard. If you yeah. don't create our. I don't know if that is. Is it smart though? Because people were doing it and then throwing away. Food was expiring, so having to throw it away. I mean, well, long life milk. You're probably all right with because it's long life milk. Oh, long life. Okay, fine. But still. But still, yeah, you're right. It's it's the stockpiling thing in general. That's that's a that's that was an issue. That was like a very early COVID days issue, isn't it? That I'm sure everybody experienced. Mm. Like, um, we might not have these ingredients that we've just grown up with in our lives for But all we do is we can't wipe our bums. Exactly, exactly. And the slightly more sinister side of that is, um, I know know lots of of these images went around um, kind of the hysteria that was on on WhatsApp. There was um, some like, what seemed to be quite extortionate price gouging. I saw a lot of um, like fresh fruit and veg had like a massive hike in the price, and it yeah it felt weirdly unscrupulous. And then to be fair, I think the Competition and Markets Authority did 
saying look if you see any of this like report it to us because it's not i think it, i don't know if it's illegal it's just it's just unscrupulous um but again i'm not a legal expert i don't know but um it's that and it's kind of like oh it just it doesn't sit quite right when you're like oh i guess it is you know the market decides but like I, it kind of just spoke spoke of the kind of inbuilt inequality in our society. Uh, I guess as well, it's kind of like a well, the the people who are going to take advantage of what we have, the haves will have the haves, and the people who have not screw them <laughs> a bit yeah. in the beginning. Because, like yeah. as you say, like well, well, what if what, why are we stop past stuff when there are people out there that are going to are going to need the same things as us, um, mm. and. And it, but I say on one hand I get it because fear fear will do things to a population that it will drive things in a way that maybe um, none of us will be proud of ourselves when we looked back on it. I was but it, but it is relative to survival. It's like a survival thing. We still when we think oh gosh this might be it or there might be danger. You know we hide away. So, and also um, I guess you don't know people's circumstances in terms of are they at risk? Are they living with vulnerable people and things like that, right? And then it's like a case of considering so many like. I don't know about you guys, but we couldn't get any shopping delivered, um, like online orders. We couldn't get any slots. So I guess I guess there's an element like of, I understand why people are doing it, but I think it was like, I don't know, just being a little bit considerate, like, you know, a whole trolley full of bag fulls or whatever long life milk is not going to yeah. clearly excessive, right? I think people, yeah. can you hear me guys? Yeah, yeah. we can hear I think people were being just rather like irrational and it was mm. just people's true characters coming out in terms of um, the selfishness. But on the subject of unscrupulousness, I think there was an opportunity to support like more local businesses. So like my corner shop, for example, um, I started thinking that I preferred one over the other because they started, um, they were limiting the amount of like items they could get because they could get stuff straight from the cash and carry. So toilet paper we ended up actually getting from there than say from Tesco. Um, and yeah. I respected that. But then the other guy, you know, in the corner shop, he was just selling toilet paper at like 20 pounds. You know what I mean? So whilst I wanted to support like local businesses, I was also feeling a lot of like, um, I guess, like disappointment in, in that decision. And I think it was important that the trading standards did sort of like those sorts of um, irregularities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that to me feels unscrupulous um to speak to next point though yeah like you gotta hear like both sides of every story right it might have been that um you know you've got elderly parents and you're picking up for your household and their household or like i yeah you don't know the circumstances of every person um something like the, like the the a bag of life full of long life milk doesn't it doesn't seem like it is oh you know i've got two households to to buy for or whatever it and it's i guess you want to limit your exposure right like if you're gonna mm. you know you're gonna stay in your house and hole up um I'll, I'll buy two weeks worth of shop instead of one because then i don't yeah. have to go out for a second week like there is mm. there are logic and um like i'm not here to judge people's lives but like it's a pandemic we should be thinking of like each other as well as ourselves but um, but you know the other thing sorry just sorry just to say i do think you know what you said about there's two sides to every story i do think also people acted irrationally because let's be honest without getting too political or maybe we do just get political nothing was clear at the start right people didn't know what was coming or going what if we were going to go yeah. into lockdown should we have gone into lockdown earlier you know there was all of that so I think there was just huge anxiety like in the in yeah. the air and so people like you said people were just 
irrational and just did it out of fear as well. I agree with that. And also because we were so much later than many European counterparts, we were basing a lot of our actions on what we'd seen um, in you know, the rest of the continent. So there were so many stories about needing a license or needing a, um, a ticket to go out and shop. So having that at the back of your mind, I can imagine why people would panic by. Definitely. Yeah, so I yes. the messaging did sort of. Yeah, uh, and that's a, that's a problem that I think has been persistent, right? Like, I don't think the messaging around um, COVID nineteen is good now. I think it's it's, it's a thing that, that that's kind of consistently been an error. Not to get too political, um, but yeah, right, um, hey, let's get political. Fuck it, this is what we're here for, by the way. It's a, it's a politics <laughs> podcast now, by the way. It is. It is. It's culture, food, and politics. But just bring um, ourselves. Like, what were you stockpiling on individually? Like. Uh, well, again, so I tried not to stockpile. The things that I did buy were state like uh, what that I put were staples, right? So I bought um, beans, uh, Branston beans, by the way, are much, <laughs> much better, <laughs> much <laughs> better than the hides. On, on other, just in case you didn't, you didn't know, we were going to advertise them on other podcasts as well. Branston, <laughs> I will happily take your money. So, like, I, I, I stand for the Branston bean. Um, yeah, so like um, beans, like pulses, um, fried dry goods, uh, uh, basmati rice, and then um, I bought a giant thing of flour as well. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. What, like um, 10 kg or whatever? It, it was 5 kg, but oh, also okay. it was useless for most of lockdown because um, the yeast that we had is dead yeast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's another... That's another... That's another thing. Yeast only lasts for so long. <laughs> did not know that. I didn't know that yeast, yeast could die. I was yeah, eating brick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, we'll hear about it also. Oh, we'll hear about it later in the podcast where um, Greg talks about making baguettes. They take three hours. Uh, I made a baguette, and imagine waiting three hours and then getting a briquette. Like, <laughs> oh no, hard. So it was hard. So it is a weapon for anybody trying to trying to. I'm trying to lay it down on you, bro. Go <laughs> take your baguette shopping with you. Want to mess with me? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get dead, I'll bring the bread. <laughs> it's a stick-up. <laughs> oh, God. Love it. Um, but, yeah, what were you guys... Um, not, what were you guys... Not stockpiling, I don't like that word, but you know, what were you guys but, purchasing? You know I was purchasing planting pretty much not on a daily basis, but on any every other day basis. I'm like, do you know what? Do you know what? some things are more important in life? And the fact that I can actually get it from my corner shop now, it really like um um Greg was saying, it really highlighted the importance of my corner shop people. Do you know what I mean? Shout out to all the corner shops in Sydney for still like <laughs> exactly you had the like, Aki Aki, you had saltfish. I could put them together and make Aki and saltfish. Do you know what I mean? That was oh, wow. that was that was well, yeah, you had um had um, aloe vera leaf, like if you wanted it, like I actually use that for moisturizers, so that's like that's a different thing. But it's not like an essential, but, but okay, <laughs> it really exactly. doesn't. Oh, no, it's totally essential. What about my skin? Look at it, <laughs> <laughs> just glistening like living is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> look, that's not the light, by the way. There's no actual light in here, it's just my skin. Is that I was having um, spa treatments during lockdown, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. You know what's in uh, no. plantain. Um, I really wanted plantain and it was hard to find and a lot of markets were closed down 
temporarily and then I think they lobbied a little bit and then they were allowed to be open, which made sense because if a supermarket can be open, why can't an outdoor space? But again, yeah. it speaks to the inequalities. Um, a lot of, I remember a lot of women like in the community complaining about the fact that even um, African or Afro hair shops or black, black beauty shops, which we know aren't owned by black people, but that's another discussion. Those were not open either, but Boots was open. So what's the difference? So, you know, there were inequalities around how decisions were made and how they affected mm. like certain communities, our communities, I might, I might say. But I remember going to um, the Tesco up the road and seeing something that looked a bit like plantain, but I wasn't sure. And I was really impressed. But you know how some Tesco's will have like an ethnic section, um, depending where you live. And I was like, yeah. it's containers. Like, Brackets world food aisle. Yes, because like, <laughs> we're so progressive. And I was like, is this like plantain or is this this obscure variation from the Caribbean that I don't know? So I asked this lady, I'm like, look, is this going to turn yellow or not? And she was like, yeah, 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 it's going to turn yellow. It's plantain, it's plantain. Took it home. I bought one because I really wasn't sure. Do you think it turned yellow? No. Yes. Oh. And it wasn't, it wasn't actual plantain. And she was, was it green banana disappointed yeah i think it was some kind of green banana did you cook it up sadly not i wasted it oh no yeah but again it comes down to misinformation not me. yeah true so do you have green banana in as a thing in ugandan food have i eaten green banana at a ugandan restaurant before or was that just my imagination so it's my talkie and i've actually been doing some research about it i wrote um something on my blog and it's actually, it was supposedly introduced by the Chinese, like in the 1400s to Uganda. And uh, it's, it's been become, it's, it's mutated into its own variety. Now it's referred to as the East African Highland banana. Wow. So yeah, we do. And you had it at Exit Lion back in the day. I did. Open, yeah. Oh, wow. In terms of stockpiling, I don't think we really did. So I live at home. So it's my parents, my sister, my niece. Um, honestly, I don't think we did stockpile. I mean, obviously, I think my parents were a little bit uh, worried about the toilet roll, actually. But again, we didn't have like stacks and stacks. Um, I honestly don't think we stockpiled. We went, me and my sister were just taking turns and going once a week. And then once we could start ordering online, we were doing that. But um, yeah, it wasn't really anything we were stockpiling. We were just making sure the usual asian thing in it just making sure you have like maybe two packets of pasta in the cupboard or something like that but not not like packets of, like a whole you know shelf full or whatever mm. yeah not a lot i found that lockdowns made me a bit more creative in the things that i'd be willing to make mm. um i was wondering if anybody else found that same thing i think yeah uh, i think in the beginning in the beginning yeah um i i'd definitely say like i i tried making everything that i've made in my life again and maybe more things like bread and finding out yeast doesn't stay alive for three years. <laughs> that was a useful discovery. Um, uh, yeah, bread, uh, desserts. Um, and, uh, but, but then I kind of got into, a, into being able to buy those things more and more and it kind of dissipated as that went, you know? But oh, bread's available now. Well, it was nice to try and make it once or twice, but now here's one they made earlier, so. Um, yeah. What about yourself? What about was there anything that you like? Because I think you still you've been going a bit crazy um, in a good in a, in a cool way. I've been doing all right, but I just I was going to jump on the bread thing. Um, my partner did not one but two sourdough starters, 
and both of them we were just like you know what this is going to start moving on its own so we just put it on sync but... <laughs> really um yeah we couldn't get we could get to grips with the, with the old sourdough um which is like you know instagram basic part one <laughs> Um, but I think I made a few things. The thing that I was most proud of is um, I really love like bao, like char siu bao. Um, and I, yeah, I made a sort of a version of like a Vietnamese bao. Um, not the, not the, not the super complicated dim sum sealed version. Um, but just cause I was just really craving it and I couldn't find anywhere that would, that would deliver. And I was like, do you know what? I, let me just do it myself. <laughs> and it, I think it, turned out all right um, it looked good we guys check out on our instagram page it looked turned out really good check out yardi's bell um i said t- i tell you who's the low-key the two people that have been well the two things that have been the the heroes of my lockdown uh bbc good food website which oh. i always shout out <laughs> and um time to eat by nadia um nadia hussein the um oh. the lady the one bake-off yeah that is a good cookbook. If you can get, it, I mean, I know it's been it's been sold out or at least on Amazon for ages, mm. so we should get it on on the Kindle. But yeah, like she's really holding it down. She does. I think we made like four or five things out of it. Like it was a week where it's like every, like every single meal was something to do with Nadia. Um, Amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Never never recipe that you'd be like that. Try that at home, man. You got to try that. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't call it what it's meant to be called. Um, she calls it like chocolate hazelnut spread mousse because I don't think she can use the word Nutella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I can. But I Nutella that. mousse is oh yes, very good. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, yeah. Interesting that you mentioned Amazon. I digress a bit, but during Amazon there was a, a petition going around because they were selling very racist material. I mean, they don't really have much of a filter. You find pro-Nazi. Um, Islamophobic material in there, and this particular petition was around um, Agatha Christie's three little N words. Um, so I've been really cautious to like shop more locally and think about other places I can shop rather than supporting Amazon because mm. I don't think it's acceptable. And I think there's power in how we purchase things. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I I think I saw a like a news title about that but I didn't really look into it to be honest and I didn't actually know that they did stuff that was like Islamophobic and they t- that's kind of shocking I, but yeah, also I probably know. why he's got lots of money in his pocket now well yeah I didn't, I, didn't know about, I didn't know about the Agatha Christie thing um and like I will I will hold my hands up and fest to it right like I as in I do sh- I do shop a fair amount of Amazon um, and it is the evil empire and it is like awful abuse for like uh, its workers and it's like awful tax haven and it is like I feel a hypocrite using it and I am yeah I think it is a little bit of convenience um I just have to cop to it right you just have to go like right that is a thing that I'm doing it's bad um I should I should adjust my behavior but like I don't know the reality of it's probably I'm not gonna the thing that actually did make me question it recently, and I don't know if you guys saw this, um, if the the Amazon AirPods thing, this no, track- they were hacked, right? It was hacked, and they put some subtext behind it um, around black it was like yeah. slurs, like just awful. Oh my god! Of slurs. And as in, like, 
I so my friend in my WhatsApp group said this to me, like, have you seen this this bullshit? Um and so I went on it, I was like, that can't be real, it's got to be a Photoshop. I went on it, it's real. And I spent about twenty minutes um trying to find a way to report an item to Amazon to be like, hey, what the F? But mm. you can't as a customer, you can't report an item to or you can't report a seller to Amazon and that's the thing that, that, that kind of did open my eyes up. The only, thing, the only way to contact them is to tweet and then at them with the like, can you explain this? But yeah, that was yeah, that was a, a surprise for me. Wow. Crazy. Alright. This is good to know because it's one of those things that you can go for years without knowing and Katassi as well. You know, um, about some something unscrupulous about a company that you used to use every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's so hard when it permeates so many facets of your life, and like we, yeah. we look yeah. at the audience. Um, like I've been wanting to get a netty cup. <sighs> anyway, no more netty cup talk. But um, back to food. So I've been, um, I've been making much more food because it's like the RV. I've been missing stuff, um, and we'll get to takeaways a bit later, I guess. But I think because takeaways became such a big thing in my household that there was a lot of disappointment that came with them too when it wasn't what you quite expected. Um, so I ended up making this big, we, we ordered a mac and cheese vegan one, it was just terrible. And I was like, I think I can make my own version. I can make a better version of this. And I did and it was so glorious. And I also had my own yeast story. Like, have you guys ever used nutritional yeast? Cause that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I've used that, yeah. I don't think that expires because I think it's dead yeast anyway. Yeah, it's dead yeast. It's not, not, not going to make your food rise, but it's, it's good taste. It's like a cheesy flavour. And it's high in like B12. Um, and then chapatis, I was really missing chapatis and my mother would tend to get those from um, from church, but obviously she wasn't going to church. So um, we had some frozen ones, but you know, frozen food has its, like, its own shelf span too, right? Uh-huh. lifespan or whatever because like they were just hardened and I was just like this is horrible like why don't I know how to make chapati and then I went to a cook-along um I organized a cook-along with like some Ugandan people um and I couldn't even get the real flour I could only get gluten-free flour which obviously I think is a bit of an oxymoron so of course it didn't come out as I wanted but I was really adamant and then I got this um I've got this recipe book together it's a Grenfell recipe book um uh-huh. and shout out to the anniversary which was yesterday it's like been three years since um Grenfell disaster. And, wow, shout outs. Yeah, and there's a lady, Lillian, and she's got a recipe in there for carrot chapatis. I wasn't feeling the carrot bit, so I was like, no, I'm just going to take out the carrots. Um, and I made it. It was so delicious, and I was so satisfied. Yeah. But I mean, oh, wow. um, and then I made like a paneer. I was really proud of that, like uh, with with um, cheese, the cheese cubes. With what? What was that? He's like, you know, a paneer. So I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you made a paneer curry. You yeah. said you made a paneer. <laughs> I made a paneer. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, okay, you made an actual cheese. How'd you make that? <laughs> Milk the cow. I mean, uh, <laughs> Katati is taking this to another level. <laughs> and I was like, wow, wow, you made a paneer. Okay, that's deep. Pasteurizing. Heating the milk to 87 degrees. <laughs> But yeah, and I really, yeah, it's something really rewarding. And like, 
yes, shopping became some uh, shopping has still is like just something to do. Like there's nothing else to really do apart from just go browsing. And you know, you you, you like you're in. I remember that last week I was at Holland and Barrett in the queue, and it's a small Holland and Barrett. And I was like, why are they taking their time? These two people. There's not really much to buy, but it's just something to do, isn't it? Just browse and look around. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, it's an yeah, out. So yeah, yeah, it is. It's like the only excitement, right? Yeah, an adventure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Especially, I think this is why the reason I started jogging was because I need to get out, and I need the reason. Oh, well, if people see me jogging, then they can't really tell me that I shouldn't be out. So there we go. That's 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 the whole reason behind it. Especially at the beginning of lockdown, I think that's mm. that's that was yeah. when you're only allowed out the once, right, for exercise. Yeah, literally. That was tough. I think that, and that's definitely when it was like, like I mean, I actually personally at the start I didn't particularly want to go to the supermarket. It was more that I had to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I'm sure lots of people were like, "Oh God, this is my one time. It's a necessity. I can leave the house." Um, but yeah. Definitely. So with me, my food is uh, probably pretty telling about my eating habits and uh, why I put on half a stone in lockdown. <laughs> um, so I actually haven't been doing loads and loads of cooking, generally um, because my mum does it all, and I'm very lucky, so I get a lot of home cooked foods and Sri Lankan foods most days um so I was because we weren't really buying like as much junk food well definitely when I was going I wasn't buying much junk food so I think I made things like I made brownies a Victoria sponge um mm. I started making like oat blueberry pancakes for breakfast mm. um they were lovely please Love oh but it's got an egg in it so it's not fully vegan so I am plant-based I don't even call myself vegan I found out this okay Veganism is a lifestyle. Veganism is more of a lifestyle, and plant-based is there's a, there's a relaxed nature about that. Uh, you wear leather so shoes. But you, but you, but you know, um, eggs aren't plant-based, so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> You're so annoying, Carl. <laughs> Forty-two on this left. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, and also, well, as you said, we can talk about takeaways later. Because uh, clearly I'm missing something, but also I made the fake McDonald's hash brown at home, which was delicious. Nice. They were very nice, but as I said, it explains a lot and it explains the weight gain during lockdown. Sure, I'm sure you're overestimating your weight gain. hundred <laughs> percent sure not. <laughs> uh, did any, did any of us make like like the McDonald's hash brown? Make the like fakey versions of things that you love. Um, I know I personally made the Greg sausage rolls oh. um, from That's Greg's sure. recipe. Greg steak bake. I love Greg. Um, oh, no. um, <laughs> the carbonara from um, Bapianos. They oh, dropped the recipe wow. and I was like, oh, oh this is amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, did, uh, did either of you guys any, make any like... What did I make? Oh, my, my, my wife made me um, bake more tarts. Cause I, 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 it's not like I even eat them that much. This is my favorite thing that Miss Matilda does. Even though it does make exceedingly good cakes, I found out recently. <laughs> <laughs> and and, um, and my wife started making them, and they were basically like if you mix crack, heroin, and heaven, and just kind of implanted it directly into my vein. Uh, I think I'd have chosen the baked tarts because they they uh, they're pretty insurmountable. Uh, even now, I'm getting quivers and shakes thinking about them. And you know, the sweats are happening, and I can, I'm hallucinating. It's been about three or four hours since my last one. 
That, that showed us, or did she make another batch? Uh, no, she made, she, made, she made two batches so far. I've eaten 1.7 batches so far. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly. And even then, there's, yeah. Basically, I'm, I hope she never makes it again, but I wanted to make it every day because, because I know it won't be good for me. But I, um, oh my gosh, I'm missing it in my life already. So, yeah, that's the story of, of my Bakewell. I mean, my tart. <laughs> <laughs> Lockdown. That's which been that's pretty much been the, the highlight of my life. What? Um. So in terms of takeaways, have, has anyone ordered any takeaways or gone to their local shop? Morley's restaurants Morley's. that are doing delivery takeaways. Yeah, straight up. I, uh, I think we had two takeaways. We had um, there's a Turkish near us, uh, Lokma, which is like it's amazing. Uh, we had like quite early on. We had that as a treat, and that was. Um, yeah, really nice. And then, uh, yeah, when Morley's, the Morley's near us opened up, we went in there. Um, yeah, both of them, we're looking really forward to them. Like, if it was a regular day and it was a regular takeaway, I wouldn't care. But I think lockdown has made takeaways more an event, more special. I, I totally concur with them takeaways. Um, yes, it, we, we kind of had, had a tradition of watching UK Ninja Warrior. I think that's what it's called. Uh, every Saturday, that's that's been on. Waiting to see the wait, waiting to see the champion and um, takeaway had become a part of that more than we've ever done. Like you know, you, you, we wouldn't have done that on a regular basis um, before lockdown, but it, it became a, like a try different takeaway on a on a Saturday thing. Yeah, so we had some Japanese, which was really nice actually. There we go. I'll, yeah. So there, yeah. Katasi, what about you? Well, we had some honest burger last week, and I thought about you guys. Oh, my, that is what I've been missing the most, the vegan honest burger. No! <laughs> they only just recently, um, West London branches. So I've been relying on Leon, but I'm telling you that Leon vegan burger versus honest burger. Honest burger wins hands down, and those okay. roast fries, oh my goodness, like I could go back there again this week. And I've just been thinking lots about food I do want to eat. Like, I just want to go to Five Guys and have the fries. The fries. Oh, my God. I've got these occasion ones. (laughs) Yes, those ones. (laughs) (laughs) Click and collect as well. That was a nice thing, yeah. So so I guess from, from this week, a lot of more of these businesses will be open, hopefully, right? They were open all, you know, in South, they were open, well, the one near me has been open all this time, you know that, right? They never oh, shut really? down. What are you talking about? Morley's or? Morley's. Yeah, Morley's. What are you talking, talking about, about Honest? Like, yeah, like Honest, like, Five Guys, oh, yeah. the big ones, the big ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the other ones, but yeah. I think so, they should do it, because all the shops and everything are opening this week, right? Yeah, hopefully. Um, um, what about yourself, Janaki? Have you been eating takeaways at all or anything? just a few um, <laughs> so actually there was one week I was craving 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 the honest burger and I'm you know I'm not plant-based I'm not a vegan Kelly I'm not plant-based um and I love meat but that honest burger I will when I go to honest I will eat the vegan burger I'll pick that over the meat burger and I was craving it so much and obviously I couldn't get it and then I tried to order a burger and sweet potato fries and it was just not the same it was disappointing shall we say and then 
had some dominoes just once that was you know dominoes Morley's is my uh my ultimate fave though obviously <laughs> go have, have some breast and wings right undefeated king of this podcast is Morley's <laughs> 100% yeah. Morley's if you want to sponsor us no um, so <laughs> going to give me a black then... card I'll happily take oh. it I'll bump Branson off they'll be off they'll be off and I'll just I'll just be strictly Morley's <laughs> Do you know what I am actually? And I know these are all like chain restaurants, right? All like takeaways, but I'm really missing, and I didn't think I would. I'm really missing Nando's. I'd love Nando's, but I'm saying before it was so accessible and kind of overplayed, right? To a point where mm-hmm. you're always going, it's so easy. Everyone always says it's so cheap and blah, blah. And now I'm like, actually, I think because I couldn't have it, I'm missing it. Like I want it even more now. But I think, I think that's, isn't that like human nature summed up in a, in a in a problem it's like oh i didn't care about a thing that i could have all the time before i can't you can't have it anymore oh, oh i want it i want it even more than everyone in my life 100 <laughs> percent. look at the t-shirt oh, currently holding up his because yeah. this is the audio obviously yadi's currently holding up his morley's t-shirt morley's through and through which makes me think we should have actually made this a video that was worth it just for the just for the shot. <laughs> wow, you actually got a real Nando's t-shirt. That's official boss man t-shirt. <laughs> Literally. That was a really great conversation. Up next, we've got an interview with my friend Greg. Uh, he's got a really interesting tale around food and uh, his kind of history with it. It's um, we think you'll enjoy it. You know me. Um, yeah. The person that looks like me is my sister, Jarnaki. Yes, I, I met your sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, God, you've met her, yeah. So the the person labelled iPhone is Carl. Hi there. Right. E nice Katessi is Katessi. Hello. So us four have a food and culture podcast about food and culture and stuff in London. Right. When we were discussing certain things, like I well, I immediately thought of you because you're probably the like the best, well, well, one of the world well versed people in cooking that I know. I just um, like you. I mean, to an to a incredible extent, um, yeah. like. I don't know that many people that make their own chili sauce. The which one? That make your own chili sauce. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, I think you do lots of cool stuff like that, and so I wanted to get you on the podcast, and also like because you're Trinidadian, and you, mm. and then you're you live here now, and so it's kind of like what have you brought over, and how like kind of how do the cultures mix? Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, what? What? So what's your history with food? My history with food. Well, as you said, I'm I'm Trinidadian, and as you can see, I look Chinese with a Portuguese surname. One grandmother was black, one grandfather was pure Portuguese. I've got Chinese on both sides. Being from Trinidad, we, we're exposed to pretty much everything. Um, we celebrate everybody. So we would eat Christmas. I was listening to your podcast from last time and I think I think it was iPhone said he he he's aki aki for breakfast on on Christmas morning. Yeah, that's like, right. That's kind of Jamaican, so I'm, I'm assuming some Jamaican roots there. That's that's and, correct. Um, we celebrate Christmas, as you said. So we have ham, we have turkey, we have all those things. We also celebrate things like Eid and Diwali. So we hey. loads of curry as well. Being Chinese. You must have Chinese food. And <laughs> being Portuguese, I do have some Portuguese dishes that are dear to my heart, if if, if that's the right way to say it. That is. Uh, yeah. oh. Pasta Donata. 
Which one? Pastel Donata, because that's dear to my heart too. I, know, oh, I, I never heard about that until I came here. Really? <laughs> Are they like well, the chicken tikka curry of Indian food? <laughs> or Portuguese that, that food? That was also a surprise. Our curry in is Madras. So I only mm. have a yellow spicy curry because we always put pepper in everything. And to come here and not know what to order when you went for curry. There's red curry and green curry. I was like, all right, I'm going to try everything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working my way through the menu. Nice. Um, so- so, like, if you were going to pick your favourite meals, um, how do you think they'd split across, like, you know, like half of the globe? Your your heritage is, you know, all, almost all on the planet. How do you think uh, they split? Favourite meals. I like food. <laughs> 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 um, I have had this discussion before with, with my family, trying to say, what's your favourite dish? And what was your favourite food? And... It's not possible to pick one. I grew up eating a lot of Chinese food, so I have a weakness for noodles and veggies and all the things that go with it. Um, I love my Caribbean food. Um, Our influences from slavery days, the African food, peas and rice. Um, Well, you all do jerk chicken in, in Jamaica. Our stew is different to the stew that you all have in England. Wow. Um, do you want to make rotis as well? Yes, Pardon? yes, yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. Right, they don't do that here. Ah, they do mac and cheese, but nobody. Yeah, nobody you don't does. get the pie. Yeah. Um, my Portuguese side, I really like salt fish, salted fish, salted cod. Um, they call it bacalao, and I, I absolutely love that. My kids hate it. <laughs> uh, favorite dish I, I honestly don't have a favorite dish i've cooked german tonight oh no <laughs> well, well what did you cook tonight what, what, what's on the menu Sausages? tonight no actually um <laughs> schnitzel and oh, nice. i wanted to make spatzeli spatzel oh yeah no. spatzel. wow oh, that's a pain that is a pain to make <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to say, Greg. So you're saying that you can't really pick a certain food, right? And I, I don't know if that you mean like food to eat, right? So I was going to say, in because you used to be a chef, didn't you? Yes, I used to have my own catering company in Trinidad. Yes. Wow. Uh, in terms of specialties, I would say if you ask me to cook a dish, I am going to go either Italian or Chinese. Yeah. I, I have a I have a, a personal preference towards all things Italian. Um, that's from way back when, but that's football, that's not food. Uh, and my Chinese heritage, I've grown up cooking it, seeing it all my life. I eat that more than anything else. I don't know if that's just because it's easiest to cook, fastest, or if it's because my son really likes noodles. So, That's so interesting. So, so could I ask them when you grew up? Then obviously you grew up with the, with the, the was there a Chinese community within the Trinidadian, the, the yes. part of Trinidad that you lived in? Is that why? Is that, is that um, <laughs> Trinidad is much smaller than Jamaica, so mm. it's not to say there was a specific Chinese community. 
Yeah. We do we do have one street in Port of Spain that has recently been dedicated as Chinatown. But as long wow. as as far back as I've grown up, as even before, there was always all the Chinese shops down there. So you'd go down there and get all the Chinese supplies you'd want. Um, but the Chinese community itself isn't based in one area in Trinidad. The, the, the spread of the people through Trinidad is about 48% black, 48% Indian, and the whites, Chinese, everybody else make up that last 2%, 2-3% mm. of us. Um, and we're all just intermixed, really. You can go That's anywhere. That's what I was going to ask. Is, does everyone, is it a, like, there's so many different cultures that everyone get on and there's no, like, separation between cultures or is, yeah, is it yeah. really uh, As you all were saying, as you all were saying last time, um, you, you grew up knowing your, your heritage, but mm. you celebrated Christmas, right? Mm. And we celebrate Christmas, yes, but we also celebrate Eid and Diwali, like I said. Um, so we, we, we learned about Hinduism and Islam growing up. We also have um, the holiday Shouta Baptist Day, right? Which is an African, yeah, an African religious sect, I guess. And we celebrate that. And you, it's, it's not uncommon to see Chinese, white, Indian, black dressed up on, this, on these days in these outfits. I have pictures of my daughter, my little Chinese daughter in Asari, right? It's not uncommon to see Indian people dressed up in, in, in um, traditional African garb on, our, on what we deem arrival day. Right, so we, we mix and mingle for everything. We will celebrate everyone and everybody. And me personally, I would eat anything. So when I first show up to first showed up to a house and they handed me the food on a leaf, I was like, all right, this is interesting. And then they said, Okay, well, use your hands. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I try I went. I, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Um, that's, really nice. that's really beautiful like as in yeah. that everyone is accepted and everyone is allowed to kind of celebrate their own cultures and mm. everybody celebrates everybody's culture like it's yeah. like and there's no like oh this is war on christmas like that sounds like like truly beautiful here it does i mean i have a i have a question about um the melting point you've described do you think it's representative of the government does your government represent like the the plurality of your nation? Um, Trinidadians are, are generally really good, really nice people. And yes, our politics is divided specifically along those race lines. We have two major political parties. One is a majority Black and black supported party. And the mm. other is a majority Indian and Indian supported party. And despite the fact that we will celebrate and do everything together, 
party lines and political lines are the only time that I think Trinidadians can be absolutely horrid, absolutely horrendous. And we will bicker and fight and argue all through election season. And two days after the election, if it's Eid or if it's Arrival Day or if it's Diwali, guaranteed they're all going to be dressed up and they're all going to be eating. Does that, but then does that seep into like, I don't know, interracial relationships and things over there? Or are yes. there certain areas where, okay, so that's that's what I was getting at before, whether it's yes. like um, black areas. Just like, just like everyone, just like everywhere else, we do have, we do have mm -hmm. the, um, the issues with racial divides and separation of, of classes. But the fact that we as a country can still celebrate one another and can still get together and unite for everything else, I would say we have a slight advantage in how we deal with things. Um, we, ha we have, a, we have a, a saying, an unofficial saying, um, that Trinidadians drink 95% of the alcohol that they produce and only export 5% of what they produce because we will drink to celebrate. We will drink to drown sorrows. We will drink because it's Friday, <laughs> because it's the weekend. <laughs> they, will, they will drink because they've had a good day. They will drink because they've had a bad day. They will drink because, eh, why not? <laughs> right? And our, our culture of being laid back and relaxed and whatever happens, we just let it slide. I think that is what makes us so accepting about everything else. Something bad will happen today, we'll argue about it tomorrow, and two days from now, they will move on and, and carry on with life. They're not going to sit there and wallow in it and, and let it take over everything. Um, just off the, off the back of the kind of the mixing, uh, mm -hmm. The mixing question: um, Do you find that like a lot of like Trinidadian like cuisine is blends of the different cultures of the like the food cultures of the people come there or, or brought there? Yeah, yeah. Our 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 food scene is completely mixed. We have people selling gyros. We have people selling roti um, with our curry. We have. Chinese food. We have the African-influenced peas and rice, stews, um, things we call ground provision, blue food, um, dashing, yam, plantains. And if you go to a house gathering, it's not uncommon to show up and have all of these things on the menu. My family is huge. You, I, I've told you about my family. My family is massive. And when they have a gathering, there's four or five sets of meat, three, four, five sets of um, starches, rice three different ways, macaroni two ways, um, potatoes another way, uh, peas, vegetables, everything's going to be there. So we, we, it's not uncommon to show up and see a mix of food from all our influences on the podcast. Uh, has anyone else got any questions for Greg? 
Yeah, I just wanted to know, bring it back to the current times and where we are right now. Um, I just wondered, what have you found hardest in terms of like with COVID? Did you mm -hmm. find that your shopping habits changed? You know, given like the variety of places that, you know, you represent, did you just think I'm just going to go to like this particular ethnic food shop or just wondering what your experience has been around food during COVID? It was much harder during COVID because of where I live. When I lived in London, I could go to Brixton, I could go to Woolwich. I could get anything I wanted. I could get all my Caribbean foods. Out in Kent, it's much harder. So for me to find cassava in, in Asda, I would buy four or five instead of just buying one or two. Um, shopping changed completely. I bought a 10 kilo bag of flour. So I made bread, I've made my own pasta, we've made cake. How we, much is left? How much of that flour is left now? I think I've used about five or six kilos. We, 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 we baked a lot. Um, I, I got my children a bit more involved in the kitchen. Uh, my son likes it, my daughter not so much. But the style of food that we've cooked has been less Caribbean due to the fact that I can't get my Caribbean ingredients. I haven't seen a plantain out here in months. Well, but as the random as they will randomly show up with edos and I'll buy a bag of them. I'll show up with cassava and I'll buy four or five of them, cut some up, freeze some, cook some the same day. So I, when I get it, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the feeling of home. Um, I don't know, do you all do, you all do bacon, no, bacon shark in, in Jamaica? No, not like I know of. I don't know. I don't. I'm not familiar with that dish. What's what's okay. bacon shark? Well, it must be a, it must be a, a Trinidad thing then. We we, uh, we we usually buy it on the beach, and right. literally a fried bread, and it's filled with shark, fried shark. Mm. Uh, obviously, I can't get shark up here, so I've, <laughs> I've experimented heavily with various fish to get the right <laughs> texture, right. What, what take the seasoning the best, and we've come with fried cod. So I, have, I, I would buy cod loin in in shop, come home, cut it up, season it, fry it, and then make um, cilantro. You, you mm. know, See, coriander. Coriander. Right, yeah. Coriander. Uh, we have something called shadow benny back home, which is the closest taste I can get is coriander here. So I make my own sauce of that, my own tamarind sauce, all the different sauces and condiments that we would have back home on the beach. I would, <laughs> I would spend a day making these things just to have too big, too fried with some fish in it. Right. When, when you buy fried fish here, to me, it's really bland, yeah. really, really bland. And then I cook my fish and I bite it. And I, I can taste the beach. I can feel the sun. I can feel home. So I have gone to great lengths to make myself feel at home during COVID. Amazing. That is awesome. That's um, that's and that's like the transport in power yeah. of food, right? That you can yeah. Food triggers memories. Food, food takes mm. you back to places. Um, my, you asked earlier my favorite food. 
-hmm. my favorite dessert of all mm -hmm. time is a creme caramel, a flan. I, I can taste a flan and it takes me back to when I was about six or seven back in my cousin's house, right? My uncle made the best desserts I've ever had in my life. And the first time I tasted flan was in his house. It instantly became my favorite thing ever. So any, anywhere I go in the world, if I have a flan, I am transported back to my cousin's house and I can see the kitchen and I can see the table. And I can smell the house. I can hear the tiles on the floor. I can, I am taken straight back to those places. Food is a comfort to me. Food is home. Food is home. Definitely. Nice. That's awesome, man. Um, what, so one last question I was going to ask is, have you found yourself become more creative because of the limitations of COVID? Like, you you take on more oh, I, oh i've got these things i can make this um i i don't i don't personally think that i'm creative um my wife says i am because i will look in the cupboard and f see nothing there but i will make a meal of it i will figure something out put something together make a meal of it and she says wow how can you do that it's because I like food, <laughs> right? I think this will taste good with that and that will taste good with that. I'm going to try it. Mm, creativity, I tried to make spetzel, like I said. That was hard work. I don't think I'll ever do it again, but I can say that I've done it. <laughs> um, baguettes, they love baguettes. Mm. You know, it takes about three hours to make baguettes. <laughs> I don't want to wait three hours for food, but I do it because I enjoy it. You, has everyone got um, a food processor? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you one. would cut your onion and your garlic and all your seeds. You put it all in there. I've got one in there. I find it therapeutic standing there and cutting my onions and cutting my garlic and cutting my spring onions and cutting. Mm. I, I do that and stand there. And I'm happy doing that. And it, it brings me joy. It brings me relaxation. And at the end of it, I'm like, yeah. I, I totally get good. you. I, I totally get you. Same. I totally get you on that. Yeah. Like we have one great. and we just don't, we, I don't know why, but I always cut the garlic. The onion, I cut everything. I don't even, it's not even really a thought to use the food process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I, I enjoy being in there. Um, it's just a slightly weird thing and a weird admission on a podcast. Um, I enjoy using a sharp knife. I think I've spent so long using blunt knives that I got a knife sharpener. Oh and then cutting gosh. something with a sharp yeah. knife, you're like, oh my God, this is so it's like good. A revolution. It feels so good. It's, it feels it's, like good. A it's like a revolution in your hands. Like, wait, yeah. this is what cut was supposed to be like? Slice. Before I've been crushing it. Slice. <laughs> I'm not pushing a butter knife through an onion. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we've got we've got the um the stone and we've got the 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 normal kitchen one that they use but yeah we have a drawer full of knives my son has his own set boy is nine <laughs> but yeah, he, he is, as long as he could stand right he used to come in the kitchen and see well, what's dad doing what's dad doing and he all he was always in there with me and he asked for his own knife so we got him his own knife and he would come and he would cut 
garlic and he will help cut up anything in there for me. So he, the same way that I grew up watching my dad, my grandfather, my uncles cooking and I learned from them. Uh, he's, he's taken that and learning from me. How old are you? Because he's nine years old. How many children have you got? Sorry. Two. Great. Two. I've got my boy is nine. My daughter is going to be 14. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. She, during COVID, um, the, the school that she goes to sent home work and she has to do food tech. And she had to do, like, come dine with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so wow. She had to design that's a menu. Amazing homework. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> She 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 came up with her menu. She did she did a caprese salad um, as her appetizer. Um, she did a lasagna with a green salad and garlic bread for her dessert for her main. And her dessert nice. was a homemade um, vanilla gelato. Gelato. Made no machine, nothing. She what? she was taking it out and she was she was mixing it and putting it back. Four Same. hours. I am. I am so proud of the work that she put in. Impressive. I'm guessing she won. Did she win? Was it a competition? Because it sounds like she would have no, won it, if it was. It was homework. It was homework. It was. It was homework that she had to do. So she had to do it. She had to plan her menu. Um, send back a report on the ingredients. Um, where she sourced them. What were the nutritional values of of, of the ingredients? Um, set out her, her recipe plan, how long it's going to take to do this, how long it's going to take to do that, how long her prep time is, her cook times, all, all that information she had to do and then execute. And then we gave feedback on it. So me, my wife, my son, my mom gave feedback on it for her. And we all agreed the food was excellent. Excellent. Really uh, loved it. Need, if you need help with marketing, like you can send some by. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, him. we'll come I'll out to me. yours, Greg, after this. When this you're is always all done welcome. All. He, knows, he knows that. He knows you're all welcome. He knows um, everyone's welcome. Um, thank you so much for joining us on this call, Greg. Like, no problem. It, yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you about this. Um, and yeah, you're a font of knowledge on this stuff. <laughs> I just like food, man. That's the only way to about, become knowledgeable. <laughs> I love you. I, I just, you I just try like everything. Food. Why are you talking to me? Like, I, you know, I just had a catering business. Like, <laughs> I, I, I cook a few different types of cuisine. But just yeah. like food, like, I I've got no expertise in this, in this thing. Yeah, just, I, I just, I've I just, honestly never qualified myself. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a chef. I, I, I wouldn't even say that I'm a foodie. I would say that I am not even a connoisseur. Oh, man. I think you're, I think I, you're a modest man, I think, is, is what we yeah, gather. Yeah, that, that's what you are. <laughs> I just enjoy it. You're I, just completely modest. I enjoy modest. food. I enjoy the process of, of, cre of creating it, making something that tastes good, um, that looks appetizing, and something that, uh, that, in, that takes you back, gives you, gives you that feeling of nostalgia that oh my dad cooked this for me or my mom cooked this for me my grandparents even 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 like my uncle i can taste it and i'm taken back to that house so it's it's all about the 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 feelings that that food evokes in you and um that movie 
my son my son watched the other day Ratatouille from Disney and the, the the food critic he was such an tight uptight person and this rat gave him Ratatouille home cooked took him back to his childhood and I can I can relate to that feeling to eat something and be transported to a, a happy place uh, awesome. Um, thank you so much, Greg. And where can people reach you? I know you've got uh, an Instagram of like your kind of culinary adventures. Oh, Afonso Kitchen. Afonso Kitchen on, on Instagram. Afonso yeah. Kitchen. Lovely. Afonso awesome. Kitchen. We'll, uh, when we post this, we'll pop it on the in the description. All right. No problem. No problem. But, but yeah. Awesome. Man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you've you been amazing. No, thank yeah. you for having me on. Thank Brilliant. you for having me on. Oh, I, I, I look forward to hearing more about yours, food. And when it's all over, we're coming to your house for dinner. No, that's like a that's a that's a threat. <laughs> that, that's not a threat. I look forward to that. I look forward to people coming over because it gives me an excuse to cook. Nice. It, it literally and gives I, me an excuse to go and buy stuff and cook. So, oh, I can make this. I can make this. I can make this. And I get, I literally get excited. Oh, well, yeah. I've got to have um, jet pork from you. You did have jet pork, didn't you? No, I've we got, got to come round and have jet pork. Didn't we have chicken in school? In, oh, did I have chicken? We had chicken. We had chicken, but no chicken, pork. Not pork. Because because somebody didn't eat pork, so I did chicken. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. No problem. Thank yeah. you. All right, dude. Thanks so no much, Greg. Oh, that's cool. That was really cool. He's lovely. Yeah. That was yeah, really he's, cool. He's he's good lad, and he like he, uh, yeah. I forgot how humble he was, but he he like I've had this with him. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I just really can't wait to try his food now. Like, this is I mean, this, like an inspirational yeah. person to hear. Now I'm hungry and determined. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but no, that's it. No more podcast. I'm gonna go. Let's just go down to go to Greg's house. Right? Exactly. <laughs> no, but now let's have a time. If he doesn't have planting, why are we going there? So unless we're taking uh, the planting, I'll, I'll take it. Let's take I'll it to some. him. I made some today, man. I'll bring some. You know what, that's, that's just that's really interesting what he said about like being in Kent and not being able to get plantain because mm. when I think about like um, moving from London and stuff, the criteria for me is I must be able to get plantain. Like that's a criteria. <laughs> I would tell like an estate agent. And if it was possible to have like a, um, a filter on Zoom, Zoopla that said distance from near a plantain yeah, yeah, shop, that would be nice. proximity. Yeah, that would be really important for me. <laughs> Do you know uh, what? It, it, people must have really struggled. Like, if you didn't have supplies, like I know at one point, bearing in mind I live in Southeast London, I couldn't even get ginger in the supermarket, mm. and that is not something that you know everybody. Loads of people use ginger. So then imagine like plantain and all the other things. If you didn't have any stock at all, or you didn't have any, I don't know, any of your spices or whatnot, and you couldn't get to those shops, you must be eating some bland food during COVID. With ginger, you know, you can get ground ginger and the, the stuff yeah, in the tub. So that's what I use now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, it's fine. We we survived and we got some in the end. But I'm saying, like, I don't know. Like, even the Tamil shops and stuff, right? The Sri Lankan shops were closed for a while. And I, it must have been really hard. Say if you just didn't have it. This is the other thing, though. Like, Asian people, I don't know about black, black people, but Asian people definitely, their cupboards are stocked up. So we were okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> I yeah, think there was, something, yeah. there was something about... Um, Ginger being like a, a COVID buster, you could do it was like a soup. It was presented as a superfood um, and like um, boosting your immunity. So I wouldn't be surprised that it was hard to, to get. 
It's anti-inflammatory and stuff as well. Yeah, right? it's meant like, to be anti-inflammatory. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's a superfood. Yeah, it's a superfood anyway. Like just just for general colds and so yeah, forth. Yeah, got like, Make a tonic with it, with um, and it will just literally blast your symptoms away. So. Also, guys, if you stop using five G. Stop. Oh yeah, no, no, no. The more I use it. Listen, don't talk about 5G on a podcast like this because you'll get all the wrong people listening. I'm clearly joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. That was a great conversation. Once again, we want to say thank you to Greg for giving up his time. Uh, And then we've got two points of correction. Mac wanted to say that she's not actually a 5G truther. And uh, Katassi wanted to point out that she refers to the Agatha Christie book as three little N-words. It's ten little N-words. It was published in 1939 um, and subsequently the name got changed to And Then There Were None. It's subsequently been pulled off Amazon. Uh, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, uh, consider subscribing. You can follow us on Twitter at UETypes. You can follow us on Instagram at unsavory ethnicities and we're going to have more stuff out in the next couple of days thanks bye unsavory ethnic types